This podcast was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic and contains strong language and adult themes. So, welcome to the Roti Riot. And you're listening to Shazia. And Wasim, Imam Saheb. Uh, and it's Roti Riot is a podcast about taking up space having conversations we normally don't get to have and generally just having fun definitely definitely so yeah sit back relax or actually regardless of whatever you're doing when you're podcasting enjoy the next half an hour with us what do you usually do when you're listening to a podcast for me okay i'm listening to podcasts like 9 or 10 hours or 12 hours a day so i'm consuming a lot of stuff um I gym when I'm gymming and my work is very solitary at the time uh so I'm always listening so I'm either work or I'm in the kitchen that's the thing about podcasts is that you can pause it anytime even if you're at gym and you're like changing the machine changing sets going to the loo you can listen to it anytime and technology is such a thing that you can even listen to it while you're swimming you know it's it's so diverse and and I that think is- Are you serious? You, you can, can listen yeah. to a podcast while you're swimming. Yeah, you, I mean, this technology, you have uh, Bluetooth uh, technology and stuff like that. Oh my word, guys. Where have I been all my life? Am I wrong? Like, am I wrong? Like, no, I'm, I'm just shocked that people listen to podcasts while swimming. You people, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to podcasts while you're jogging, you can listen to podcasts while you're making your roti, you can <laughs> listen to your podcast while you're doing your grocery shopping. I'm... always listen to podcasts if you see me in public you'll see earphones in my ear and i'm probably laughing or giggling or getting angry or something in public and people just look at me like what the fuck is wrong with this guy but um yeah i listen to podcasts all the time i listen to it in my car um yeah i listen to it all the time what are you listening how do you when do you listen to podcasts generally when i'm working Um, when I'm working, I listen to podcasts. When I'm gymming and all of those things, I'm watching Netflix or YouTube. Oh. Yeah. I would find, I would, you see, the reason why I would say listen to podcasts while you gym is because you can focus more on your workout and what it is you need to do. And I say that because, like, if you don't focus in gym, you can get an injury. And I feel like something like visually, like a Netflix or something would like, totally take my focus away from doing a proper set or like mm. picking up the weight in a certain way uh, like I feel like because like my experience in gym has been like if you don't if you don't focus on what you're doing like the way you're picking up the weight the weight the, the the exact rotation and the exact motion and stuff you can get injured and I know I've been injured in the past and also you don't get a more fulfilling Uh, your body doesn't reap the full benefits of that session itself. You're not focused. So for me, that's why I listen to podcasts because it's, it's something I can invest in but also not totally invest in. It doesn't require that much focus on. No, I hear you. That's why I watch skincare routines. Wow. So yeah, that's what I do. Who do you watch? I watch like random, like the Harper's Bazaar celebrities Celebrity go to ones. bed with me. Did you find them so fake? Um, I watch them so I can read the comments and laugh. Really? And all the people being like, oh my gosh, why did you put your serum after your moisturizer, you know? <laughs> I'm here for those chats. I, I, I watch I watched the Harper's Bazaar ones as well. They were they're actually very, very entertaining. I YouTube more than I actually watch TV uh, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. I do Netflix. I do like a lot of the pay channels, I guess, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. 
Um, so today's guest as well, we're, since we're talking about entertainment as well, uh, today's guest is a drag queen. Yes, I'm so excited. Yeah, and so we were totally inspired by the recent, I mean, if you aren't aware, uh, why aren't you aware? But I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race is incredibly popular around the world. There's like a global domination. In some ways, you could say it's sort of like K-pop-ish in the fact that it's a conquering cultures. Um, I've heard podcasts and shows where people, where drag culture has penetrated even like right-wing spaces. Um, so like I feel like it's dominating the world and if you aren't getting on the bandwagon you should totally get in the background because even I was a bit skeptical even though I'm a gay guy I mean doesn't mean necessarily I'm going to be into it but as a gay guy I recently got into it and it was it's very entertaining and very fruitful and it's so different at the same time so yeah our guest today is drag, a drag queen named Sally Work who's going to give us the heads up and the ins and outs of what it's like to be a drag queen in South Africa. Sally Work, welcome to our show, Roti Riot. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so excited to speak to you, especially because I know very little about drag. And I guess that's the best place to start. So why don't you just give us uh, a brief culture shock of what drag is itself? So I feel like I want to rename this episode and call it Sally's Untucked. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm kidding. I love your name. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so just to basically run through what drag is, it's basically an art form and um, it has been practiced for you know centuries. Um, in, back in the day in England, they used to have theater shows and women weren't allowed to um, obviously portray in the in the shows and they had to get men to you know act as women so they had um wigs on etc etc and um yeah since then it's just become um you know a more cultural and art for me you know um kind of uh i'd say uh i'm trying to get to the word now <laughs> um and, and an outlet or you know in a form of expression kind of thing um not just for stage or anything but the root of it is still theater and you know theatrics and stuff um nowadays also people use it as a form of activism so if you are a gay man um you know doing drag and that means you know you are standing you know standing out and you're not being the um heteronormative or you know portraying yourself as heteronormative um because also there's so many things uh, of you know so many gays that you know, prefer to hide and want to, you know, act straight, etc., etc. So when you are more effeminate, etc., etc., and um, doing drag, it basically shows that you are, you know, willing to go against the grain and stand out, especially when we are marching in our prides, um, marches, etc. So. so it's like almost like a protest against masculinity itself in some instances. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I'm thinking of my experiences with drag, if you can call it that. So Vogue has this show, uh, this, this little segment on YouTube, and it's just like beauty tips. And I've watched two drag um, tutorials and I was literally shook. I was just like, how this transformation is incredible. I mean, how, how did you get into drag? Um, so I started in 2012. I had just moved to Johannesburg from um, Cape Town, 
that's where I'm originally from, um, lived, m- moved here uh, in February of 2012 and then, you know, started my journey of living my authentic self. Um, and <clears throat> it was for a friend's birthday in June of 2012 that uh, we were going to go to Babylon Bar, just my only my second time having gone to a gay club ever. And one of my ch- female friends, she put me in drag, um, used the wrong foundation, <laughs> liquid, it was running, it wasn't set, none of that. Because, I mean, she's a chick, you know, they don't have to use as much as we need to, drag artists. So she slaps this on. I looked ghastly, but it was my first time. So, you know, I and I think it just unlocked a different side of me kind of um, persona wise so it would be you know just a little bit more sassy and a little bit more you know sultry and that kind of thing so um, so I, I enjoyed it um, and I like the attention that was garnered from it um, that evening specifically I remember a straight guy had come up to me from the back from from back of me and um when he turned <laughs> when he kind of looked to the side he obviously realized it was a man in a dress but i i then basically got you know the whole feel for wanting to do that and it, it's basically to get people to like you know like look twice and and that's that's my you know because i do a very heightened form of female illusionism um drag comes in different forms though. I was about to ask you about that. Correct. Yeah. So there's, there's some of them that do it like, you know, for comedy. So they'll draw like, you know, hectic, oversized, like, you know, features like eyebrows, etc., etc. Where I do it more, you know, muted and more feminine. I try to as much as possible. Blending, no, not blend in, but um, to just copy a female, you know, f- physique or, or image kind of thing, I would say. Um, but obviously that, it's not to, detract anything away from females you know it's my it's my version of the art so um so yeah so i did it that for this was was the first time and then after that i did it for pride as well um two of my friends joined me and we got matching outfits made and um, i walked all the way in rosebank it was my first pride as well it was um, the, the the first the, the the prides that used to be part of you know Bev Ditsy's um, you know uh, school of of organize or organization I'd say um, so it wasn't the new pride that's been messed up heavily um, <laughs> controversy scandal just taking a dig there but <laughs> um, so yeah so. That was my first pride, and I walked, marched, and um, a lot of people like filmed me, and a few people stopped me to like, and obviously it was probably news outlets and that. Don't know where that footage went, but um, if whoever saw me on television and that, maybe you recognized me, maybe didn't, but I, I didn't care. I was, I felt free, and you know, I felt safe to to be able to do this, and you know, because there were other people in drag and that as well. And then um, after that, it was 2013. I did it for Pride again, um, and then in 2014, I met a beautiful. My, she's a friend of mine she's a trans, transgender woman um, and she gave me makeup tips and you know she uh, she would do performances as well um, but she obviously uh, my thing was drag so she helped me a lot with you know, you know my that kind try to get where my image was for drag you know because it's a, it's a process you have to find where you want to kind of go with a, with this art form um, and I had a few shows etc and uh, yeah since 2014 I've been I've been doing it and obviously now for the last three years doing it more often and I would say that you know my growth as a drag artist has increased quite a bit so um, so yeah so I, I feel really comfortable at where I am now so uh 
tell us a bit about Sally's persona. Like, who is she? What is she like? And what kind of events that she would be doing? So that if people are listening, then they can probably come and meet her. Well, I would like to call Sally, you know, a professional slut. Um, but <laughs> I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm a sweet girl. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, when I am in drag, I just I feel that I exude like the sexual, you know, aura, and it's just basically wanting to get attention and. <laughs> As my friends, you know that you know the leg does rise here and there, but, but it's purely for that you know that sex kitten kind of um, yes yeah and also like I said just it's the it's the attention that I want. Um, I feel it's bad in certain senses because um, I could get us beaten up <laughs> at some places. I'm joking, but I mostly do drag in you know safe spaces. So I'm I'm happy to you know act a fool wherever. Um, so yeah, and then sorry, the second part of your question was so, uh, what type of events like would Sally do? Like, like you said, you mentioned there's different types of drag itself. So and what type of events would Sally do? Would Sally sing or tell jokes or that kind of thing? So um, Sally is more of a as I said, a sex kitten. So it's burlesque kind of, you know, um, sultry performances. It's not, uh, I don't do comedy even though I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, even though I feel I do have a bit of, you know, comedy to, to certain things. I, I'm not a comedy queen and I'm not, um, I'm not a, and I wouldn't necessarily do like MC gigs and stuff like that. But I mean, give me a mic, you know, and she'll deep throat it. So... <laughs> Um, so I want to like touch on what you said about safe spaces. So what's the scene like in South Africa? How receptive are like normal, heteronormative, whatever people um, to the to drag? And where do you feel the most safe? Like how, how is it in Johannesburg compared to maybe Cape Town, which I find is a lot more open than Joburg? Or how do you feel? No, you're 100% right. Um, Cape Town has probably the biggest drag scene in South Africa, um, especially with the um, brown colored community as well. It's very huge. They do, you know, drag pageants and stuff like that. So it's 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 crazy. Very. It, it would be, I'd say, um, similar to like the the southern belt of America that drag scene there because they're very pageant style and that um, so so that would be what how I would describe Cape Town scene of drag um, up here in Johannesburg what we lack is a f- you know safe spaces and places that you know are I'd say friendly to like you know L- the LGBT community so necessarily uh, you know there is like one or two places that it does allow or does you know have drag performances in that but i have issues with those places being that they are owned by white um you know lgbt members and they you know they don't really they, they see it as a money-making thing just to attract for example straight girls who have hopped onto the bandwagon of um of you know, drag and RuPaul's Drag Race, etc. Because it's, it's, that has, you know, caused a great phenomenon in the world where everyone now is interested in, you know, the makeup styles, etc., etc. Um, I'm going to touch on that now as well about the, the makeup that you mentioned for Vogue, the, the tutorials. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's very few places that are, I'd say, open and accepting to, you know, people of color and, and be safe, you know, allow for that as well. Um, one place in 
that I specifically refer to, um, they they are owned by LGBT members, but the thing is, they um, you know they friendly to open their doors to uh, straight people, um, but without any boundaries and that they don't you know make sure that people understand that when you come to these events, you have to be um, you know mindful and be respectful of that. So consent is one thing that's wrong that's gone. They'll touch you you know even though you would you would you know you your visual. I'd say your visual persona is there and you're walking amongst them and you're dancing and stuff with them. Some of them will still feel like they could, you know, touch you inappropriately, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and so. I think also like as a gay man, it's not just the men that do that. It's also women that, that do that yeah, as specifically. Well. And with the men, it's a different thing. It's it's the, the straight men as they're posturing toward like, like you are, you know... Um, kind of you know offending them or something like that. although it's a bloody you know lgbt space so they're supposed to know their place but they don't understand that because you know it's 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 just it's fueled by alcohol and that so they they they're just 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 to have a good time and get with straight girls and they don't care you know what happens you know they'll have fights etc so 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 just to come back to the point where you made about you know the vogue um tutorials that drag arts have been doing it's actually quite a few um i'd say big fashion houses and magazines that have hopped onto that there's cosmopolitan that does a few as well um and they mostly use like you know the big names in america um those obviously are the ones that are prolific because of the RuPaul's Drag Race, but um, it's, I'd say it's drag artists that have defined the way that makeup is done in this day and age. Um, and it's, it obviously was visible with Kim Kardashian, where she had the whole, you know, contouring, uh, you know, we needed to do it as drag artists because once you put like thick foundation on your face because we use stage makeup basically um krylon is one brand so it's like basically it's just like one color that you're putting on your face then you have to contour with different colors um and obviously that allows you to reshape your face so someone that maybe has a, a rounder wider face could slim down their face by you know etching out their jawline etc with with color um and it's all visible in like you know photo photography and stuff like that you can actually see you you you, you look at it and like this looks amazing but obviously when you're up close and you you can see how the the trickery that was used with makeup basically to to get away with that but Kim Kardashian then stole that and then she started obviously with a makeup line and you know did that and everyone then started doing the the highlighting and the contouring and that um, and I mean it's it's for, the, for the it's for the best I mean like people look amazing nowadays but <laughs> snatch there we go but like but, but there should be like some sort of recognition there along the way I feel like exactly yeah there should be some recognition and you know it's it's not I mean <laughs> I, I don't think she's ever going to publicly say that you know thank you to the to the drag drag queen community that has taught me you know these things and that but I mean it's you can you we, I think everyone knows that listen yeah you she's painting her face like a drag artist so she must have gotten inspiration from this so um yeah like I'm just thinking about my own makeup techniques also overlining the lips right and then also the the or even winged liner I feel like some parts of winged liner can be directly taken from drag the way we do our brows that kind of thing but that's makeup is only one kind of thing that you see in pop culture from drag what about our slang like we were just speaking about yas hanti like where did that come from that comes from drag that's drag slang for everyone at home I'm snapping at the moment thank you <laughs> um, yeah I think um, mannerisms and um, vocabulary and you know vernac that has all come from you know the, you know the slang that the people are using nowadays um, it's you know like 
slay, sachet, chante, those kind of things. And I mean, I've heard female colleagues that are now on like RuPaul's Drag Race. They, they're talking about it at the office and stuff. Like they're starting to use more and like, you know, yes, girl and, and that as well. It's, it's all things that the, the LGBT community had, you know, started. And, um, many, many things, even if you look back in the eighties as well, um, with the underground balls, ballroom scene as well. And there's a, a very good documentary called Paris is Burning that highlights this and it's on Netflix and you can watch it. Um, and, uh, from there, back in that, in that day, Madonna got her inspiration for the Vogue music video and she used very prominent ballroom drag um, not drag artist sorry Vogue artists to perform in a video and that obviously just catapulted the LGBT community you know to the rest of the world even though the 1980s was a dark time for the AIDS epidemic um, so you know what it, it kind of she, she did she did it, she did us I think a, a bit of a favor as well with uplifting them at the time um, obviously she made a whole lot of success from it um, but I would say it, it kind of helped you know the causes and that that was happening because the ballroom scene was the people, people there were people dying of AIDS at the time but they were still you know coming to the ball, ballroom you know events and stuff like that to celebrate the culture and that and now it's gone into the television series called Pose um, done by Ryan Murphy also on Netflix at the moment and um, you can see it's a very similar copy of the Paris is Burning documentary but he's just focused more on transgender characters or transgender people and the reason why they are obviously needing this you know I'd say um, spotlight at the moment is because a lot of them are getting killed all over the world in countries like Brazil America as well is a high homicide rates of um, transgender people and it's just that I think it's needed at the moment um, to to kind of you know uh, give them the spotlight because they are prominent in the fact that also for the marches back in you know the 50s when um, people were I don't know if you know Stonewall um, so there were the people who marched at the front were transgender and drag artists so um, yeah they are they have done so much and it's, it's yes we have to say we're not excluding females and lesbians and that from it as well but it was back then it was men and transgender women that actually looked different you know they stood out and they went against the grain to obviously you know um kind of promote you know that uh, we are lgbt we are proud and etc you know our rights you mentioned shows uh what other shows can people watch like in order to get more into like drag culture and queer culture what shows are you watching in terms of like queerness and in dragness and all that stuff so I don't watch anything. I just look in the mirror and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so um, I, I mentioned RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a cultural phenomenon at the moment. Um, you can get a lot of your, you know, um, beauty tips. You can get a lot of your um, vocabulary from their gay vocabulary. I just started watching the the UK one now because it, it's the first time for me, even though I'm gay, uh, I, I like it's for me to actually get into drag, I, I need to start watching it. I don't look at me so judgily, Sally. <laughs> but um, I, 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 for me, I felt like uh, I, it's a part of gay culture that I, I felt very cut off from. And so I feel like I need to, in order to connect more with people, I need to be able to consume it. So I started it now and it is quite, it is quite addictive. So yeah, I'd say Drag Race UK is pretty interesting. I haven't watched 
the US version because it's gone so far now. I don't think I can can start all of it in the beginning. But uh, yeah, carry on. You were saying sorry. <laughs> Lies and filth. <laughs> it's never too late, Wasim. Um, I've been telling you for long for the for the longest time, basically, to start watching Drag Race, and um, I know there's eleven seasons of it now, so it's gonna take some time to catch up. But you can, you can, you have you have time, okay? I have books to read, but okay. <laughs> you know what my stance is on books, okay? <laughs> save the planet, save the trees. <laughs> but um. But what I was saying was that yeah, so I'm glad that you're on, uh, you're watching the the UK version. Um, they do have a different dynamic because it's it's so different. Drag in the UK and drag in the US, as all over the world, is different. You know, yeah, there there are certain things that are like majority of the UK drag artists they can sing vocally so they'll have a lot of live performances in that whereas that isn't very often with the U- with the US version with the US um, drag artists um they are majority lip sync artists and dancers so there is that you, know, you get more i'd say more vocal talent from the UK um drag artists and they do a lot of like comedy so a lot of their makeup and styles of performances are more comedy based in a sense and where would South Africa fill in they would well, I think South Africa is still growing, even though, like, as I mentioned, in Cape Town, there's a big pageant scene of that. So it's like, you know, the competitions of, you know, best drag queen, etc. Um, here in Johannesburg, as I mentioned, also is, is more just performance-based than that, but lip-sync artists mostly, yeah. There's no real singers. There is one, though, her name is uh, T. Hart Lee, um, or Janae O'Brien, that's her drag art, art, artist's name, um, her drag uh, perform- persona's name. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she, she's basically the only one that I know that actually sings live here, and she's been on um, Idols and that as well, so she's, she's made a, a big name for herself, yeah. Okay, and then I was just telling Wasim that I am in love with Anthony Porosky and he said we could totally bond about that. What do you think about Queer Eye? Um, I love it. <laughs> I, I, it's again going to be a show that I'm going to come to very late. But anyway. It's fine. We'll just like, you know, pin your eyes open and make you watch a marathon. Um, so I love that show because... When I was, obviously, a few years ago, when they had the older version, which was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, um, I, coming from a staunch Muslim family, I had to, like, you know, sneakily watch certain shows. And I always knew about my my sexuality. Um, I just, I could never act on it. And that, of course, because, you know, I closeted, etc. Um, so, yeah, so years ago, I would watch a few episodes. And then um, I just... I, 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 I loved it. I, I loved that the fact that, you know, these people were so free to be themselves and then to help, you know, straight people to kind of, you know, get with the fashion, etc., etc. They need the help. They need it. Every single bit of it. <laughs> so when the new version came out and they obviously had, there was one session or one episode where they had, um, I think, the, the older the older crowd, the older team with the with the new with the new cast yeah and it was so brilliant to see like the, them handing over the torch kind of thing um and yeah i love tan france is amazing his style is on fleek i love it um and he, the way he just gets his hair up like that it's a feat of <laughs> a scientific feat like no one knows um but uh, but yeah anthony is amazing he can make me anything with avocado i'll have it i'll eat it <laughs> 
So for all the clueless people, do people ever get confused between transgender and a drag artist and how does that whole situation work? Like, do you ever get confused? Or do people get mistake you in that way? Yeah, is it like, it's like a misconception where I, I've encountered this as a gay man, even though I don't do drag, people assume that because you're a gay man, you want to do drag or that if you do drag that you want to be a woman. And so there's that, there's that blending or misconception of the stuff. Um, yeah, you, you're right. There, there is a, a misconception, um, you know, about it. Drag, as I mentioned, is an art form. And um, everyone, or a gay man or a straight man even, that does drag does not necessarily mean that they want to be, a, you know, a female, I would say. Um, so sexuality, away from that, um, gender does, has no bearing on drag. There are some biological females that even do drag as well. Those are called drag kings. No, those are bio bio drag queens. So it's a female that you know is doing drag, and that's if she's doing a female illusion of drag. But you get lesbians or females that also could do become a drag king, as you mentioned, which is a female doing the the male illusion of portraying a male, basically. So it gets a bit complex, but it's it's purely just art forms, and it shouldn't be confused with gender because. Um, and I mean, it, it even happens within our, you know, LGBT community as well, where they would be, you know, me as a gay man, um, other gay men would see it as, you know, some, they don't want to be with someone that's effeminate or that does drag because you possibly want to be a female or something like that. It's a, it's a stupid misconception. And I was going to ask you, like, how has drag affected your dating life? Because kind of also the main purpose of our show is touching in on the love lives or lack of love lives that people have. I don't know what you mean. I have a, a very stable relationship. My husband is uh, 75 years old. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I am single. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I know. I, okay, thank you for bringing that up as well because it is difficult. Um, and as I mentioned now, gay, other gay men find it difficult to be with a drag artist. And that, I mean, I am a gay man still. It's just that I'm putting on a show when I am in drag. You know, it's not, it has no bearing on my, you know, personal life kind of thing. Yes. So, we, so like people, so you'd say it's, it's like people confusing. It's basically men having an aversion to femininity. Would you say? Yes, that, that, it, that's true. Um, and, you know, you, even when you speak to, um, you know, some gay men as well, they don't want to have discussions about the female, you know, biological, you know, uh, an, an, anatomy. Like when you talk about a vagina or boobs and that, they'll be, you know, grossed out by it and that. It's what I, I don't know what's wrong with our community. We, we do have a lot of, you know, issues within ourselves as well um so like oh, you, you get like especially in certain places where uh, gay men don't want uh, lesbians at their parties etc as well we i mean we all part of the same community you know misogyny yeah it's misogyny um so so yeah it's 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 difficult <laughs> unfortunately you have a, have a relationship i still feel that i am you know fulfilling my own happiness in being single and doing what I love because at the end of the day 
putting your your happiness with someone else you know or like stopping because there's been a few drag artists that stopped doing drag completely because they were dating someone or they would get into a relationship or they want to get into a relationship so they would completely leave it behind and then when that relationship breaks you know or, or fades away they eventually come back to drag it's it's wrong why are you you know putting your happiness or doing something expressing yourself um you know why you why are you kind of leveraging that with you know being with someone so i am 100% happy with me being single it sucks at times of course winter <laughs> on the other hand this question kind of opens up to the other question where uh where gay men may not find Sally attractive but what about the men who find Sally attractive versus uh you know like where they fetishize you in that regard have you had experiences with that I can con- no, no, not confirm nor deny <laughs> but there has been quite, that that is quite a yeah I think because my the illusion that I do when I'm in drag it's so heightened and my you know my mannerisms is it to change as well it's just uh, there are men that are attracted to that and even some straight men as well um you know which then questions my you know makes me question their sexuality but you know you have to just let people discover themselves etc um but yes that is that is true Sally gets a lot of DMs unwanted ones <laughs> Sally is hot like I need to take tips from Sally Okay wait but let's talk about what Sally likes to perform like songs artists who does Sally gravitate a lot towards in terms of like performance wise Um usually artists that you know get naked those are the ones she if I'm joking um but I I think I think artists who and I love like the sultry kind of songs and like the sexy ones and that so it would be like Beyonce Rihanna um they are some of like you know um uh what's her name Kylie Minogue as well um so they would be seen as like you know I'd say queer art the queer favorites um but those are the songs there and they're just like really w- ones that are really allow me to tap into like this inner uh inner goddess and uh yeah and then I can you know bring that out in my performances and stuff so 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 yeah so th- those are the ones that I normally artists that I normally channel music wise in terms of like how long it takes you to get ready as Sally like how that how much work goes into that Excuse me, I woke up like this, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um it takes quite a long time. <laughs> it is about 2 and 2 hours to 2 and a half hours. Wow. And and getting out of drag, how long does that take? Oh, that's like that's so quick. You know, it's like a just like a little bit of a splash of water and I'm joking. No, no, it's fine. Um it it it's, it takes a while to get out of it as well because there's a, a kind of a, like a process you have to do to, you know, you have to try to get that that makeup because it's it's like very greasy and oily and that um and it's powdered down and it's sitted with spray and stuff like that so you have to take your time you know and um i obviously suffer from like you know very like sensitive skin and stuff uh, you know i have a bit of acne here and there you know parts of it um so i struggle with that already so doing drag and you know putting these layers of makeup on my face doesn't really help but I I really don't care. I'm doing it because I love doing it. So, you know, you suffer for the art. Yeah. Uh in terms of coming back to we were talking about earlier in terms of South African drag scene, where would you like to see the drag scene taken in South Africa? Um I'd like the okay. 
apart from Cape Town, like I said, is very POC, very brown. It's amazing. Um, Johannesburg still needs to see that transformation. Um, recently, there's been a lot of like international drag artists that have been brought here, and majority of the of the drag artists that have been on stage with them have been uh, white ones. So I feel that in Johannesburg specifically, and it might just be you know businesses that are or the businesses running them or doing them that are trying to tap into the straight you know market kind of thing um majority of them have the wealth in johannesburg so um that might be a component of it but i feel that that needs to transform a little bit we need to you know diversify it more um you know i'm very selective of the performances i kind of want to do these days because i want to support the the company or the, the the businesses that actually are portraying or doing a proper image of you know a proper th- job of you know pushing diversity and that so, so I'm more selective these days does isn't that difficult in many ways in that I know art is political but in the fact that you are being selective in many regards to the spaces that you perform in in terms taking a, a, a political stance isn't doesn't that like uh what's the word doesn't that take away from the opportunities that Sally can experience as well definitely it does um but at the end of the day i need to be happy about you know my final product and the people that i align with as well because as you mentioned it is political and you know it is seen as a form of activism being used back in the day for the stonewall riots etc and yeah we still need to continue doing that but obviously now the narrative is different it's not more of like we are here you know accept us it's more of like you know um we still need to you know integrate more that's that's the kind of activism that you need to do now so like make space basically make space for us yeah. Yeah. so another question i think that will go through people's minds when it comes to drag uh, queens is uh tucking uh, what is tucking uh, and how does it work and just basically we want to know where you put your penis um i feel that this question is very offensive <laughs> and i'm offended <laughs> As my friends all know that's my catchphrase. I'm always offended and it's always <laughs> offensive. Um okay, so I don't mind sharing that. It's I mean, you can there's actually tutorials, YouTube tutorials online where drag artists, you know, explain how to do it as well. Um and it's it's purely to get the the illusion of a vagina. Um you have to tuck your penis, the shaft and the scrotums, the balls basically. Um flatten them. to your to the back between the, the in the space which is called the taint between your scrotum and your anus isn't that painful at first it was excruciatingly painful <laughs> and uncomfortable mostly because once it's stuck down you obviously have to move around and that and you can feel the but i think as time goes on and you know your your body adjusts to you know it you know continued pain kind of thing so you you get used to that kind of sensation adaptation yeah so then so then what happens is now and I used to do it with duct tape before now I use another type of tape um it's also a sealant kind of tape but I ordered it from America and um it, it yeah it's it's clear and so obviously it it doesn't have like a, a solid color like the way duct tape has so it um, it kind of you know blends and hides everything a little bit more more easier i'd say and i use about 3 pieces of them um about i'd say 11 inches long and then that would be like you know to hold each section up because you 
first put down the shaft and then you kind of tuck the, the scrotums underneath that in between the space and then you just taper down. So. Newfound respect, like you're doing things. Have you been to any like drag shows and stuff in South Africa? Um, I have been to the aforementioned. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Sally, for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. I just wanted to thank you. I mean, I think you brought so much to to this conversation, especially in terms of the history. I'm definitely going to look up more of what you said. It's so interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, just a shout out, where can people follow you? How can people get in touch with you? Okay, so thank you so much for having me. Um, and uh, you can get me on social media via Instagram, via Facebook, um, all via work. That is W-E-R-Q, Sally, S-A-L-L-Y. So work, Sally, that is my handle for Instagram, Facebooks, and Twitter. And uh, yeah, my name is Sally, and then the surname is work. So that conversation with Sally was very illuminating. I learned a lot. And uh, I know, even though I'm a gay guy, and lots of people always ask me, like, when are you going to do drag? With the amount of effort that I see drag performers put into their work... I know that I'm too lazy to do any of those things. So, no, I don't think I don't see myself in drag anytime in my life because it's just too much effort for me. I just think it's so incredible. I I have so much respect for drag artists because mm-hmm. drag as an art is I mean, it's literally an art form. Mm-hmm. And um I have so much admiration for Sally just personally. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm also, I guess, I did have a little bit of an inclination as to how much drag culture has penetrated um, general, you know, our general popular culture. But knowing that I literally contour my face and that comes from drag artists, I also feel a little bit betrayed that we don't know where certain trends come from and we just adopt them and think, oh, it's Kim Kardashian who came up with this. But it's actually been taken from... A whole art form and a community yeah. and a community and i feel a little bit uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. just sitting with that yeah i am but yeah that was incredible even that's that, that show the celebrity lip sync battle i mean lip sync culture again comes from you know drag culture so again it's something a lot of gay people have said that you know they take and appropriated the whole lip syncing thing that drag queens do and and stuff so yeah uh there's a lot of queer culture i think the more you learn the more you'll see that queer culture has penetrated many aspects of entertainment Mm. and the problem is that it's we haven't been given recognition for it Mm. and so people aren't aware of these things but yeah the conversation with sally was totally illuminating i learned things you learned things and hopefully you listening has learned something as well. Yeah. And I feel like I'm definitely going to look out for, um, look out into the drag scene in South Africa because my previous experiences with drag was now and then when you go to a bachelorette party and it's not, I mean, you know, it's not as immersive as I would have mm-hmm. hoped. So, Shaz, this is the part where you tell us what you have been consuming, literature, movies, music. Give it to us. So, what I've been reading this book by Susan Orbach. I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. But um, I think it's fine if you say it all wrong because I like as black and brown people, our names are mispronounced by white people like daily. So, daily. it's fine. Yeah. But, you know. 
Wait, Susie, Susie is white, right? Yeah, I think she is. Yeah, no, she is. So she's a she's a feminist writer and she wrote Fat is a Feminist Issue, which probably everyone has heard about. But she wrote the book called Bodies and it's been an incredible journey. She's literally just speaking about how consumed we are with our bodies, right? Mm. About um, aesthetics, about how common it is to have plastic surgery, about how three-year-old kids are busy, um, you know, making up their faces using filters, about dieting, about sex dolls, about artificial intelligence. It's been incredible. I mean, there's, I obviously have found a lot of flaws with the book. She is writing from a very Western, white woman sort of perspective, but completely changed the way I'm thinking about how I think about my body. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's incredible. It makes me want to read the book. So, yeah. yeah I must get it from you. Yes, I must get it from you. So, what am I consuming? I haven't read anything lately. I am watching a lot of shows so I recently watched uh, I'm a bit of a superhero geek so I finished uh, DC Titans and I was incredibly disappointed I have to ask is DC Titans a comic book? yes so it's sort of like um it's the DC universe. You know there's DC and Marvel. I do. Okay. No, some people don't know. Some people don't know. No, no, no. I mean, I know that. I know the bare, bare minimum. Okay. So, like, DC, uh, it's DC's version of, say, a younger group of superheroes. Like, you get the Justice League, mm-hmm. who, are, who are, like, adults, mature adults kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then the DC universe is sort of like teenagers and young adults. Oh. So, but the show isn't actually geared for young people because there's a lot of sex and violence. So... A warning. Don't think you can put it on for your kids. It, there's a lot of it's, it's heavy violence, okay. graphic violence, uh, and uh, well, I, it's, I love superhero things, so I'm I like that kind of thing. So I've been watching that. Uh, I watched Paris is Burning again. Obviously, I guess in line with um, our guest for today. I mean, Sally Work, drag culture. So Paris is Burning is a, a documentary about uh, you know uh, ball culture. So yeah, I invest, invite everyone to watch it. It is on Netflix. It is problematic because obviously it comes from the gaze of a white woman, but it's still something that you can gain some sort of nourishment from. And as a queer person, I, I it was something that was very fruitful for me. Also very, very sad because a lot of the people that were in the documentaries are have met a glitty, like some of them have met grisly ends kind of thing. Um, so it's really heartbreaking when you looking this, at this documentary and this person telling you all their dreams and stuff and then you find out later that this person was brutally murdered. Oh. It is so heartbreaking. But yeah, Paris is burning, DC Titans, um, what else? Uh, oh, The Morning Show. I love The Morning Show. What is The Morning Show? So The Morning Show is Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Apple TV. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, we're, not gonna, we're not getting sponsored by Apple, but it's an <laughs> Apple show. But it's 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 a show about... Um, the morning, you know, in America has these morning shows, news yeah. programs. So this is about the people behind those kinds of shows. And I don't know if you remember, there was a scandal during the Me Too movement about one of the hosts who was involved with a lot of sexual harassment around oh, women. Yes, yes. So it's very Me Too, but it's, it goes. It's a very nuanced look at the whole thing, and it's done so well. And Mindy Kaling is there as a little troublemaker. Troublemaker. She's so much fun. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Jennifer Aniston is so much fun. I'm not a Jennifer Aniston fan. Are you an Angelina Jolie fan? Homewreckers for life. Uh, 
I love Angelina because of her philanthropic uh, endeavors, and I think she understands that she operates a lot from a white woman's gaze, which is something that white women in America in Hollywood don't often do. So I love the fact that she uses her whiteness to showcase humanitarian issues around the world. But also, there's a lot of critique with that. People saying, "Oh, you know, it's very performative," and here you coming as a white savior. I know, I understand that, but I. I still want to acknowledge her for that. Mm-hmm. I'm. I want to tell people after that. I. I'm not a stand person. I don't stand people to the point where there's no accountability. I love lots of celebrities. I follow their work. I support their work. But if they fuck up, I will be there amongst everybody else, calling them out. I don't believe in idolization. But so. um. But that's why I will still call myself a stand. Mm, yeah. But for me, a stand means you hold your faves accountable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I do like Angelina Jolie. Um, I like obviously her action roles more than I'm an action fan, guys. I love action. I love action when it's women. I love action when it's brown people. I love action that's not just focused on white men entirely. So, yeah, that's what I'm consuming. Love it. Yes. So thank you for so thank you for listening to today's episode. And yeah. Let us know what you're consuming because I am always open to new things. Yes, let us know. Let us know. I'm also very open. Let us know what you think about the show. Tell us about your experiences. Maybe have you been to a drag show before? What are your opinions and experiences with it? Bye, guys. Bye.